Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to NAPWIC Talks. I'm your host of NAPWIC Blog Talk Radio, Jada Williams. It gives me great pleasure to be here with you every morning, as I always say. But you already know, I have to ask you, just like the commercial said, to follow, like, and share that you're hanging out with NAPWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, this morning. Or you can also go over to our website at www.nabwick.org and engage with us. Check out our calendar, see all the different events we have going on, which committee or meeting you might want to pop in on to see what's going on or add your value to a committee or a group that has like-minded energy going on with what you think you have right now. Or you can also, don't forget, I keep on saying or, (laughs) it's such a great morning. I'm so excited to get you involved. Go over and click the Join Now button. You know that's the main thing we want you to do. Click, click, click that Join Now button because we want to see you as our next newest member and you to roll out with us in your red shirt as we are advocates using our voice under the umbrella of the National Association of Black Women in Construction. So we are definitely waiting on you to reach out to us. We also have an action-packed show this morning planned for you. This morning, there's no other than Ursula Odom of Sula 2. We have Jackie Perry of JP and Associates. And you know, Neil, our founder, the master builder herself, she is across the waters waving our flags, closing deals, and trying to get a little vacation in somewhere, I think it's Dubai, right, um, Ursula? Where is she at this morning? Now I don't put Ursula on the spot, but you can always yes, she follow us. She's somewhere in that vicinity. I'm not going to pinpoint her because she might have some waiting fans waiting at the door, but she's over there. <laughs> you already know it, but you can always at Nabwick underscore follow us, tag us on what you have going on, or your next great opportunity, if you missed it, again, is at NA. B-W-I-C underscore. We keep it pretty simple for you. And you can head over to our Facebook page and engage with us. All right. So this morning we have Miss Ursula Odom paint us a pretty picture of what we have going on. 
Well, this morning we have a wonderful review of what took place last week. We have someone that's going to share that story with us and her um, vision for what was and what will be. And then all of us can share in that and and benefit from the experiences that we we all have had last week. It was it was great. It really was to see so many people and be inspired by them and hear their goals and and their accomplishments and the possibilities of life and watching people learn and learning yourself. That was our annual meeting, and I enjoyed every moment of it. And you will hear about yes. it today. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, Ms. Ursula. So you'll find out in just a few all the excitement and what we're talking about and who we met, rubbed elbows with. We've had a lot of guests and activity going on in our NAVWIC world. So NAVWIC Talks with Kareem Sovereign. We're going to review our annual meeting and billion-dollar luncheon when we come back from this quick commercial break. And Kareem Sovereign is going to, you know, give us some tips and insights. So please, when you come back, have your pen and notepad ready. Hi, my name is Sabrina Miller. I am the owner of MDI General Contracting in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm a new member of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, and I'm excited to celebrate women in the construction industry. I'm most proud about NABWIC's ability to have intertwined itself in the legislative process, which affects all women, and particularly black women in the construction industry, and I'm happy to be a part of that process and help to grow NABWIC's reach in the Pennsylvania area. My name is Sabrina Miller. Please join me in, in celebrating women in construction. Okay, and we're back as NABWIC talks with Green Sovereign reviewing the annual meeting, Billion Dollar Luncheon. Today is a very special show. It's a very special episode because you're going to hear from Women in the Spotlight recipient, Laura Kelly, who is the executive director of CFX, and hear from our keynote speaker, Dr. Sean Wilson, who's the secretary of Louisiana Department of Transportation, alongside Serene Sovereign, who is a Miami native, but right now she's living in Atlanta, Georgia, and is a part of our Atlanta, Georgia chapter doing her thing up there. Um, she is a graduate from uh, Clark Atlanta University with a BA in psychology and an MBA in project management. She's currently a project engineer, and I can guess a big part of her being a part of the annual meeting is networking and continuing to build her brand and business. She's currently um, involved in the family business of Bel Air Property Management based here in Miami, Florida. And she is um, an entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur as well, as she is um, owns Kareem Sovereign Holdings. She's looking to continue networking and building her brand. So that's why it's so special to have Ms. Kareem Sovereign join us this morning. So good morning, Kareem. How are you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am doing fabulous on this rainy day. <laughs> 
I know, right? So I'm so happy you joined us this morning to reflect on our annual meetings. I reflected this morning when I found out, you know, I, I knew of our show plan, but when I was like this morning, you know, in the green room and we're prepping um, before the show, it was like Kareem Sovereign, the same Kareem Sovereign. I remember our first encounter, we met at the yes. annual meeting in Jacksonville. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was that was awesome. Yeah, and that was an awesome experience. So to hear you were there again this year um, in Orlando makes your um, annual meeting with us, right? Back yes, to back. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, exactly. mm-hmm. so, so the expectation, the excitement, what was going on there? Because I was a fly on the wall along with Miss Ann. We were on WhatsApp mm-hmm. and using the internet <laughs> to spy on you guys. <laughs> What was going on? Because I know we have our reception where we come in and we welcome everyone, and that's where Mm -hmm. the real networking um, goes down with all the different politicians, the different department Mm -hmm. leaders, the different organizations that want to partner with NABWIC, not only NABWIC, but NABWIC members, or find Mm -hmm. out um, our business needs or employment needs, which people don't Mm -hmm. think about that part. They're not only there just to do business across the board on the higher level, but they're there also to learn of what are our needs and wants as well. Am I correct, Kareem? Yes, definitely. Um, Tyleen definitely uh, was a showstopper and basically just acknowledging everyone in the room um, so graciously. And she also did something different as well this year by doing a 30-second introduction of yourself in the room so that way everyone can be able to promote themselves um, so everyone can know who, what they're doing um, at that current moment. And it was a great um, piece, I would say, because afterwards I was like, oh, I need to link up with you. Oh, I need to talk with you, you know, because, <laughs> like, granted, even though we're in a, a space where we're supposed to be try to communicate on our own, sometimes that doesn't necessarily work because, of course, some people may be nervous or not very um, – not being able to approach someone, but to be able to have a moment where we can have a 30-second spotlight of what you're doing, we can then know, like, okay, this person I can be able to speak to one-on-one because now I know a little bit about you. Right. Perfect. It sounds very, it was very empowering. And I know that you as a project engineer, because you're such a beautiful person and very talented, but I know that you're highlighting and um, specifically working on your project engineer um, skills mm-hmm. and looking to team up on new ventures or a new company partner with. Were you able mm-hmm. to um, communicate that and network on, on that goal? Yes. Um, also, I am all right with uh, now having my own company, Train Sovereign Holdings, um, that I am focusing on becoming a rising real estate developer. So being able to connect with Josie and uh, new members that just joined uh, Guayla as well for the North Carolina chapter. So it was really amazing to be able to see other real estate developers there or people similar um, um people who have similar um, things that, that I'm trying to do as well and trying to be able to see, okay, am I on the right path? Do I need it? Is there anything else that I need to um, be able to consider or partner with or look up and research? So it's be able to, good, good things to be able to con, um, connect with them, not just 
during that um, conference, but afterwards, if you would to follow up with them this week and to have a conversation one-on-one. Okay, so it sounds like you were able to get anyone in the room that participated was able to come back with um, follow-up information to book meetings mm-hmm. moving forward for your business or your next employment venture or, mm-hmm. you know, expanding your brand commercial break and get more into who Kareem Sovereign is as we've gotten to know her a little bit better. She's going to come back, share a few more words with reflecting on our national annual meeting that went down in Orlando um, this past weekend. I cannot wait. We're also going to bring Kareem Sovereign back so she could have her own special episode of us getting to know her more as one of our newest members, Boots Hitting the Ground, after this commercial break. Hi, I'm Vicki Antonio. I'm part of the South Florida chapter of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, and we are excited to celebrate Women in Construction. What I'm most proud of about being a part of this organization is that we are a conglomerate of women who are doing great things to expand not only ourselves, but our local communities and beyond. Why it's important to support this organization is because, you know the saying, is that when you support a woman, you support a nation. So my name is Vicki Antonio. Please join us to celebrate Women in Construction. Okay, we're back at Nap Week Talks with Kareem Sovereign as we reflect on our national annual meetings that went down last weekend in Orlando. Of course, we always want to make sure that you're getting all the information. Our blog talk episodes are archived, so please, at any time, if you get disconnected, if you got to run into a meeting because you're always busy or you just want to come back and catch those golden nuggets dropped in an episode, you can always go on Blog Talk Radio, Navwick Talks, and all of our shows are listed there, as well as our current shows on our website at www.navwick.org. We want to make sure we are engaging with you. And some Navwick news that you can absolutely use if you want to be our next guest, or if you have an idea of a guest or an episode show, please reach out to our marketing department. You just always email us. That's part of to grow and make sure we're meeting your needs, like our annual meetings, which I want to hit on with Kareem because we reflected on our first day. We come in and we have our reception. It's nothing but red and black. Everyone's happy. Spirits <laughs> are high. We're networking. We're throwing out those business cards nowadays is more digital tap your phone miss ursula is Mm -hmm. all over that um go to our website go to our instagram we're really transferring our information touching hearts and connecting with like synergies sovereign um kareem sovereign did a great job there Uh, But, Kareem, now we're going to just move a little more into what is really the meat when we get down to the work of why we come together during this time Mm -hmm. during our annual meeting. Under the leadership of our founder, Ms. Ann McNeil, and our current presiding president, uh, Ms. Tylene Henry, out of our Detroit 
chapter, um, we get together on that next day with all of our committees, all of our members, and we really meet mm-hmm. and break down our organization from top to bottom, bottom to top, sideways, all the ways that you could think of. We hang big poster boards, you know, those ones you get out of Office Depot that your teacher probably had on the board in middle school. Yeah, we take it all the way back to there. So, Corrine, what was the work getting done? I know you had to be amazed of all these resilient women being able to get in one room and, and like, basically have a think tank and work it out and plan our next year out how was the energy did you get like put us on the scene (laughs) yes the energy was up there you know we definitely as soon as we got our breakfast we sat in and of course we um begin the meeting with prayer and just um, centering ourselves and basically the whole goal of the annual meeting is for every chapter to talk about their um, their wins. Of course, like we call it our roses and thorns, you know, um, from last year and things that we have accomplished and things that we had challenges with and how can we um, perfect those challenges this year. And we had so many ideas from every chapter and everyone is helping um, help with their um, challenges so it is great to be able to be in a room full of um, powerful women in different industry um, and trades and, you know, everyone has in their own business or a part of a, a business that deals with construction and being able to say, hey, have you ever thought about doing this or have you thought about this approach? And I think it's very great to – because sometimes um, – you know, within ourselves, we'll think like, okay, we can do this, this, and this, and this, and that to be able to um, conquer our challenges. But sometimes when you get in a room full of other people that are like-minded as well, they say, well, okay, well, have you thought about this approach? It's maybe even much easier than what you may have come up with. And it's like, oh, okay, thank you. I never thought about that, you know, and not taking it as criticism, but taking it as, you know, okay, I appreciate the, the, the help to helping me within the chapter to grow um, us as an organization, wherever that may be. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that uh, it had to be filled with the energy and the excitement you described and getting the work done, taking the notes, because we really do come back after those annual meetings and break all of it down. Um, within our committees as we're working on our goals. And I know Jackie is probably going to laugh at me the next thing I'm going to say, you know, my whole thing is where is the money? As part of marketing mm-hmm. and communication, where is the money? Are we hitting our money? <laughs> Are we hitting our goals? Actually. Okay. Um, so, yes, that brings up, you know, a little segue for me to say, if you want to, on Navwick Talks or on any of our platforms, or be one of our next biggest sponsors at our billion-dollar luncheon, you can always, always link up with us, tap in our website, www.mapweek.org, or go straight to send us an email at marketing. Our marketing email is listed as well. You can click on our website. You can find out any of the committees you might want to join. I know before last year I was trying to reel Kareem into coming on marketing. 
coming in the marketing team and co-hosting or being a part of blog talk. And she quickly like, uh, Jada, you're doing too much. I like this lane. So don't be afraid to say no or yes, because we want to use your skills as um, one of our, our, our fearless leaders, Aida Smith, likes to say, we are perfectly crafted apples. Right, Kareem? Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> so, you know, I have to put you on the spot. Like, um, our committee have you joined and dedicated your time to? So, as of right now, um, I am on the marketing team, and then I just got recruited as um, helping with new members and ways that we can scout for new members, um, and all, not just far as um, on a corporate or business level, but as far as students as well, how can we be able to attract more students in um, in the construction, trade, vocational industry, and how we can get them a part uh, of NAVIC. So I'm really, really excited about that because, of course, the goal is generation um, and also to see, like, hey, we may need to start in high school and let them know, like, construction is not – you know, still toe shoes and hard hats. It's actually, you know, it can. I, I'm in construction, and I can wear heels to work. I can wear a nice business suit and still get the job done. There are different roles from pre-construction all the way um, until the the um, foundation of the building. You know, closing out on the building. So just letting know um, high schoolers or college um, students, let them know that there are other, are other options that they can take. Um, so I'm really excited to be a part of the uh, membership committee this year. I love it, love it, love it, Kareen. I cannot wait to see the work that you guys are doing over there. If you're curious, the membership committee meets every Monday night. So you can always join in on Monday evenings um, and to either find out more information on NABWIC or to, you know, um, lend a helping hand. Those ladies over there are doing a great job. And you touched on our student chapter, which we are ambassadors. We have ambassadors. We are advocates. And we do like to work with our students. We're currently heavy on our HBCU universities. And um, mm-hmm. we have strong partnerships with FAMU, Alabama A&M, my alumni, um, Jackson State, just to throw out a a few of the schools that we're currently working with. So if you are an alum and you're listening in, connect with NABWIC. We know that a lot of our black universities, HBCUs, are mechanical and technology schools. So it's a perfect, Mm -hmm. perfect match. And the education, which you want to follow up with, is the education committee that meets every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. And Dominique McNeil, not McNeil's cousin, but Dominic McNeil, that's how strong <laughs> the university send us exactly what we need. Dominique McNeil has been a pioneer, has reinvented that student chapter, um, student chapter committee and the work that's going on there. So if you see her name on our website, which I know you will, um, she also has been our woman of the year. I'm telling you, NAVWIC, we have it going on. We're not just tooting our own horns. We really want to make sure we're getting the work done and being advocates for the individuals um, that the founder created this great organization on. Right, Kareem? Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, indeed. Well, that's my quick soapbox this morning on uh, NAVWIC Talks because I get so excited always. We're going to take a couple of seconds, Kareem, and listen in on our woman in the spotlight, Ms. Kelly Lorem, who is the executive director of CFX. I'm telling you, we had her on the week before, and she just blew the interview away with her energy and her love and her passion for her work. So take a quick listen in on the um Golden Nuggets from our Woman in Spotlight. I'm going to go ahead uh, and introduce Ms. Laura Kelly. Uh, she is our Woman in Spotlight, and she is the Executive Director at Central Florida Expressway Authority. In 2014, she was named the Central Florida Expressway Authority's first Executive Director managing the daily operations of the agency's 125-mile expressway system and $4 billion five-year work plan. Ms. Kelly's prudent management style led CFX to secure federal financing for the Wakiva Parkway, a move that saved the agency $260 million and advanced the project's completion date by two years. Meanwhile, CFX's financial position has strengthened and bond ratings upgraded with Ms. Kelly at the helm. Previously, Ms. Kelly served as Executive Director of the Florida Transportation Commission and the Financial Manager for Florida Department of Transportation's $36 billion work program. So we are honored um, to recognize Ms. Laura Kelly as the woman in spotlight. She was not available to join us today, but she did send us some video remarks. So we will share those with you right now. Please join us in celebrating Ms. Laura Kelly. Laura Kelly was named the Central Florida Expressway Authority, or CFX's, first executive director in 2014, managing the daily operations of the agency's 125-mile expressway system and $4 billion five-year work plan. With more than 30 years of experience in executive transportation management, she has shaped the policies, practices, and team needed to ensure that the organization is resilient and ready for the future. And ready it is, driving economic prosperity and quality of life for more than 3 million residents and 75 million visitors in Brevard, Lake, Orange, Osceola, and Seminole counties. Under Ms. Kelly's near decade of leadership, the agency adopted a culture of service, commitment, teamwork, innovation, and excellence, which led to countless firsts in the toll industry, including a customer-first toll policy that saves drivers millions in toll discounts annually, the first drive-up customer service or reload lanes in the continental U.S., development of the award-winning and life-saving wrong-way driving detection and prevention system in partnership with UCF, the launch of Visitor Toll Pass, a cost-saving toll solution for visitors to the area, and numerous safety, cutting-edge technology, and system improvements. All these accomplishments have been made with stewardship in mind. At the helm of CFX, Ms. Kelly accelerated the agency's commitment to sustainability, which can be seen in nearly every aspect of its project management, development, and future planning. CFX is proud to be the first agency in the Southeast to pilot electric vehicle charging technology built directly into the roadway. Today, CFX remains one of the only agencies in the country to form an environmental stewardship committee that provides guidance for the protection of Central Florida's natural environment through conservation and sustainable practices on every project. 
Known for her prudent management style, Ms. Kelly has strengthened CFX's financial position through such actions as securing federal financing for the Wakaiva Parkway, a move that saved the agency $260 million and advanced the project's completion date by two years. Understanding the importance that CFX-funded projects are reflective of the thriving, dynamic, and diverse Central Florida region and passionate about supporting other women in the industry, Ms. Kelly has worked to expand the agency's work with small businesses and minority and women-owned businesses through the Sustainable Business Enterprise, or SSBE, program. The result? In 2020, CFX awarded more than $42 million in contracts to minority businesses, and in 2021, contracts to minority firms nearly doubled to more than $78 million, while keeping 98% of jobs in the private sector. All along, she also made community and industry service a priority as a volunteer leader with organizations, including the International Bridge Tunnel and Turnpike Association, the American Society of Highway Engineers, WTS International, Team Florida, the University of Florida Transportation Institute, the Orlando Economic Partnership, and the Coalition, advancing sustainability through powered infrastructure for roadway electrification. Laura Kelly, a leader, innovator, steward, and committed professional who has inspired diverse partnerships, sustainable solutions, and a lifetime of contributions to the transportation industry. I'm ready. Are you ready? The time is now to amplify your life and create your signature book. And what better time than this weekend to start moving towards your dreams? You will be amazed at how much you can get done in one weekend if you only knew what to do. Your book journey is waiting for you, so take the first step. Purchase the book, then connect with Ursula Odom, your book coach at Sula 2 Publishing. Ursula10k.com, E-R-S-U-L-A-1-0-K.com. Okay, and we are back. I hope you enjoyed that information from CFX. Like I said, you always, always, always want to have your notebook and pen ready just in case you, you know, hear something that um, appeases what you have going on or some food for thought. There's always opportunities. We always want to get you closer to the bag or your goals. We also have Kareem Sovereign listening in with us this morning as we have been reflecting on our national, the NABWIC National Association of Black Women in Construction annual meeting and our billion-dollar luncheon. Again, if you are just joining us, you want to continue to listen in, you can always go back and replay. That's all it takes. It's just that easy. Or you can head over to www.navweek.org and engage with us, check out our different committees, hit the Join Now button, or, you know, send us an email, and we are easy to communicate with because you might be a business or a opportunity looking to partner with us or the other way around. Our arms are always open, and we are not just for women. We are welcoming everyone. So, Ms. Jackie, you can probably tell I did not make it on not drinking coffee. My energy is super <laughs> Super high. I'm back on my coffee cone legit. So please excuse me. We're going to keep the show rolling, moving right along. You know, I get super excited when we're talking about getting you closer to the money and your goals. I mean, 
who does it better than NAPWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction? We're going to keep the show moving to end to Dr. Sean Wilson, who is the Secretary of the Louisiana Department of Transportation. So it's something for everyone. Let's take some notes. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to all our guests, our sponsors, and our members. I have the honor today to introduce you all to Dr. Sean Wilson, who was appointed Secretary of the Louisiana Department of Transportation and Development, which is DOTD, by Governor John Bell Edwards in January of 2016, and is now serving as Secretary for a second term. He has more than 15 years of executive service at DOTD. Under his leadership thus far, DOTD has ushered in project finance and project innovations, including public-private partnerships and construction manager at risk projects. During his tenure as secretary of DOTD, he has awarded more than $4.6 billion in construction projects. Dr. Wilson is Vice Chair of the Transportation Research Board, Executive Committee, and is the President of American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. And I did a little research and found out a great fact, a fun fact, about Dr. Wilson. As the President of the State Highway and Transportation Officials, he came in with an emphasis project, and not an initiative, but emphasis, and his number one emphasis was to, his, sorry, his number one emphasis was to in, intentionally expand opportunities within the DOT community by creating culture that identified, trained, and empowered individuals under uh, in underrepresented populations covering age, gender, ethnicity, and race for purposely sustaining opportunity for equity. And for that, Dr. Wilson, we thank you. And again, it's my honor to present to you all Dr. Wilson. Thank you, Donna. And I appreciate that very warm introduction. Uh, I tell people my ASHTO priorities were really creating pathways to equity and partnering to deliver, to sum it up in one uh, simple sentence. And uh, I think the relationship that uh, I've cultivated with NABWIC um, is a part of that effort and integrating uh, your organization into the larger transportation space. I'm, I'm also honored to tell you that as the first African-American in the 107 years of that organization's existence, um, we've made tremendous history, and we've changed uh, the way things have uh, done have been done at the department, where we have integrated uh, equity throughout the organization and its missions. Um, I'd like to also say congratulations to Tylene. Uh, it's never easy uh, leading an organization like this, particularly national organizations, when you are operating your own business. And so I applaud you for making that sacrifice and going above and beyond to deliver. Uh, what's important, not just for your business, but for the industry, because your presence in this industry lifts your business, and your business lifts uh, the presence of our overall industry and the people that you represent. And then lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, thank my friend Ann, who has uh, been a part of the journey that I've had as a national leader in transportation, uh, so much so that I don't think there was ever a national meeting or opportunity 
where I was speaking that her presence wasn't felt or seen, uh, and she made a point to let me know she was there to support me. And so uh, on a personal note, I want to thank her and what she represents uh, by being present in all of the spaces where we are oftentimes underrepresented. So for my remarks today, I know I'm focused on this billion-dollar effort for opportunities in Louisiana. Um, I'm excited to tell you that we crossed the $5 billion mark uh, in my tenure as secretary, um, and it's been multimodal in nature. Uh, whether it's plane, trains, or automobiles, if it moves, we've had an impact and it falls under my responsibility. So today, if you go to the next slide, I'll highlight a little bit about what I'm going to discuss and then uh, proceed to talk about them and then have a dialogue with the members that you've assembled. Uh, it's always great to be in the presence of uh, people that remind me of my mama, people who make a difference and people who are committed. And I am equally committed. And that's why the first thing I'm going to talk about is really uh, the equity and infrastructure project. Uh, you heard the previous speaker talk about the EIP uh, and equitable contracting, uh, DBE progress in Louisiana. And then we're going to talk about opportunities where you will have an opportunity to inquire about ways to engage in the business that we do. But on this first step of equity and infrastructure, um, remember nationally, uh, the President of the United States, the Secretary uh, of the USDOT, Pete Buttigieg, and the entire administration uh, have put equity in the forefront of our minds. And it's not just there as a buzzword. It is actually threaded throughout all that we see uh, happening and coming out of the federal government. And for that, I'm very pleased to say that Louisiana DOT was one of six uh, state DOTs around the country that signed on to the equity and infrastructure project after the first five movers. Uh, and those are the entities that really decided that we were going to be strategic and make an impact such that we can create wealth as a result of this unprecedented $1 trillion uh, transportation package that we're seeing with five years of certain funding. And if you go to the next slide, we'll talk a little bit more about what that really means. So building generational wealth starts not just with saying you're a DBE on a job. And so while we're going to talk a lot about that, recognize that that's not the end goal. Our end goal is to have individuals graduate from that DBE program and become a prime such that we can see you in joint ventures and we can see you as an equity partner in some of the innovative procurements that we see. Um, to recognize that there is a presence because when you all are part of these projects, when you all are on these teams, you actually bring a whole different community to the table. You're more likely to hire folks that look like you, work like you, live in the community that you live in. And as a result, you're growing the diversity and the breadth of the workforce in our space. If we are not smart in taking advantage of this opportunity, wherein we're committing through the EIP to do better than what we did before, to do better than where we found our agencies, meaning how many additional prime opportunities do we have? Are we going to take advantage of all of the legal recourse to be able to deliver such a prime opportunity? And the answer is yes. And by signing on to this pledge, we're saying we're going to be very transparent and open the books and show you our progress to show you where you are in terms of achieving such a goal. We did the same thing with the DBE program in Louisiana. Just yesterday, uh, night before last, I should say, we recognized two different facets of our DBE community. One, primes that actually have succeeded by exceeding the DBE goal. That's a way to show DBEs and SBEs who are the entities that are really good at partnering 
who are the entities that are really good about making sure that they're giving great opportunities for these DBE subs? And by DBEs, I don't necessarily consider that a disadvantage. I like to call it diverse. So it's a diverse business enterprise in my mind. And it is a small business in my mind that you can grow. And as a result of that, highlighting who are the really sharp primes that have exceeded by percentage the number of DBEs that they've worked with and the goal that they've achieved is phenomenal. Likewise, we highlighted a couple of DBEs and SBEs who also provided work to other SBEs and DBEs in their performance and called those, those folks MVPs. So we're excited to see that happening and look at that recognition as an opportunity. This equity and infrastructure project is an opportunity for entities all across the country to open their books and to make such a commitment such that we can hold ourselves accountable to the general public. So I know the link is in the chat room already. Please feel free to visit, encourage your local DOT, uh, your local public works department. Private businesses can all take the pledge to help grow the prime opportunities and create wealth, uh, generationally speaking, in our communities. If we go to the next couple of slides, I'm going to highlight a little bit about our DBE program. When I became secretary, as you can see on this slide, back in 2016, we had a very modest DBE goal. My commitment was a goal was something that we need to aim for, not necessarily the ceiling that we need to reach. Over the course of my tenure, we've gone from a 10.4, and when I started at the department, it was only 8.4, but when I started as secretary, we were at 10.4%. And we have been intentional to increase that every year, such that we're at 16.7% today. Now, why is that important? Why do I make light of that? Well, when I started as secretary, we had a billion-dollar program. And you will see later, I've got a 2 to $3 billion program that we're operating. And if we're growing the bottom line and the size of our program, and we're growing the percentage of DBE opportunities, Obviously, there's going to be an increase in wealth going into those DBE communities. And so um, not only did we achieve uh, our goal for the first time year before last, we exceeded our goal. And, and it was perfect timing because we had primes tell us, hey, with all this new money you're getting from IIJA, you can't by any means have that same goal. And I, I was really proud to turn around and say, listen, we made our goal and we could have had a higher goal. Because for me, a goal is what we're aiming for. It's not our destination. So 16.7 really is the baseline for what you can do here in Louisiana. If you go to the next slide, you'll see kind of a historical view of what that looks like, where we've met our goal and where we didn't. Um, we see some peaks and valleys. And those peaks and valleys typically uh, align with large opportunities. Here is the first nugget of the day. Please get engaged in our innovative delivery projects. Those are projects that are typically going to be upwards of $100 million, probably three to four years in lifespan for construction, and it allows for innovation such that in that innovative procurement, we can proceed to deliver the project to maximize DBE participation. And so you can see on the same chart, we've done it well for a couple of years, but we are well on our way because we're stretching ourselves and growing the number of opportunities that we have here in Louisiana. Our next slide. This slide, and I'm happy that you will have this presentation to share, is you see the companies uh, in Louisiana that are operating that have DBE goals. These are folks that, as a small or medium business entering the market, you have an opportunity to go approach them directly because we have limited ability to mandate 
participation. And so the next couple of slides will show you some other primes that we have with DBE goals. Um, and, and actually, it didn't show up on that last slide, but we have an entire slide there when you see the raw version of the, the presentation that will give you uh, companies to reach out to. Here's another nugget. We thought it was going to be easy to expect companies to transport themselves and come into our market. Well, we've seen that happen when states have increased their gas taxes or increased revenue or had a new package that was hitting the streets. With IIJA, it's happening in every state. And so we're not seeing as many people cross the state lines and get out of geographic boundaries. I would encourage all of the community that's on this uh, webinar today to think about those opportunities of where you can grow and not feel comfortable in the security of getting work where you've always gotten work. That's another nugget of opportunity because every state wants to grow their DBE community. Every state has additional revenue to push out. And so you can be intentional and strategic about where you want to grow. And growing in a way of partnership, I think, is also important. On this slide for fiscal year 2022, you see that we have 57 DBEs as primes and subcontractors on 85 projects with 357 opportunities on gold projects worth over $100 million in federal funds and $77 million committed to primes and subcontractors. And so in Louisiana for this current fiscal year, there's ample opportunity to say, who doesn't need another 2 to $3 million project? Who doesn't need a 10 to $15 million opportunity? They're there in Louisiana, and we welcome your opportunity, which is why we want you to connect not only with the companies that are there, but connect with other DBEs in the state of Louisiana. You know, I, I was an aside in my role as ASHTO president. I spent a lot of time with uh, this current administration, Polly Trottenberg, uh, and others at USDOT talking about how we can create bigger opportunities for DBE to make it easier for folks to move their sources and have reciprocity. The EIP signed an idea, an opportunity between uh, SEPTA uh, and Illinois Transit uh, Dorval Carter to talk about how we're going to have reciprocity. Are they going to accept the other uh, entities' DBE list to do work to grow, grow opportunities? Simple, small steps to be able to make a big difference in the future of infrastructure in this country. If we go to our next slide, we'll see uh, an opportunity to talk a little bit more about the ethnic background and the diversity that we have. When we look at DBEs, remember, we understand and we're not uh, fooled to think that when you see those goals, it's primarily African-Americans. It's not. You see women make up the vast majority of the DBEs in our DBE goal projects. And then you see African-Americans make up about 12%. Clearly, we can grow those numbers. NABWIC is uniquely positioned to take advantage of being a female-owned business as well as an African-American-owned business in many cases to be able to grow those numbers significantly. So you almost get a second bite at the apple. Another reason why it's important for you to be strategic and intentional and grow your presence all across the country and not be limited in scope. At our event the other night, we met DBEs from other states, members of NABWIC that are looking around trying to create opportunities. And we'll talk about some of those other opportunities as we look further into our program. So that's a background, a little bit about where we've been and what we're doing. And let's look at our program now in terms of the real financial opportunities that exist. And our DBE program fits right in line with our budget. Remember, I told you we went from a $1.2, $1.3 billion budget to my fiscal year 23 budget is about 
billion dollars, both for capital outlay and operational maintenance. On the capital outlay side, big projects are going out the door, small projects are going out the door, and we'll talk a little bit about what they are. On the operational side, we have tremendous opportunities for maintenance work and guardrail repair and a host of things that are just the kind of busy work things that people tend to take for granted. If you go to our next slide, you'll see us talk a little bit about um, what our letting list looks like coming forward. $700 million to $1 billion per year in contract value is what we're seeing. We are not reducing our projects while inflation is significant and having an impact. We are doing our best to still stay within 250 to 300 projects per year. And these projects are all around the districts and 64 parishes. We call them parishes as a faith-based state. Uh, you call them counties. But we've got nine districts uh, comprising those 64 parishes or counties. And as you can see from this, we've got all manner of work, preservation work, bridge preservation work, special funded projects and large mega projects. Safety is a really important piece. While it's a small dollar amount, it's one of the most important things that we can do. And then you have transportation alternatives, which is a great way to come into an agency and do work. Whether it's safety, whether it's transportation alternatives, whether it's striping jobs, we have an opportunity to get you on what's called our uh, shortlist bidding opportunities. Um, districts in Louisiana have the ability to do contracts where they make outreach calls to three bidders and then select one. It's a much quicker way to get work. If you come to Louisiana, nugget number three is ask how to get on that list at that district and I can help facilitate that such that when they are doing that type of work, they will reach out and call you and advance that opportunity if you can be successful at getting the low bid in that submission. 300 jobs a year, I would love to say five, 10, 15 percent growing percentages of that are going to DBEs as primes. We need the larger audience to do it. It's not a secret that many of the DBEs that we certify aren't doing the work of transportation. But if this industry, if this association can help grow that number, we welcome you in Louisiana to do that. Set our next slide, please. So this is our 18-month major construction start. So not only have we talked about the contractors that are important and are doing great work in our state, uh, we're still seeing healthy competition in this very tight workforce market. Uh, we're seeing a little few, a few bidders short on some, but we're still having healthy competition. The next couple of slides are going to show you starting from the most expensive to the least expensive project. And I'll call your attention to those first two uh, because the first one is going to be upwards of one and a half billion. The second is about 800 million. Both of those projects actually have teams already identified. The first is a public-private partnership. I mentioned to you about innovative procurement. That's an example of being on a team, and we've got teams that we're currently in procurement with right now that have subs and are looking for subs, and we're, in fact, at our meeting, uh, one of the teams, two of the teams, in fact, were at our meeting the other night to meet companies and grow because that is a major project. The second project on that, the I-10 Baton Rouge widening and reconstruction, it, too, is an innovative project. It's not a design, build, finance, operate, maintain. It is a construction manager at risk project. And we've got three contractors, Boba Brothers, James Construction, or Primaris, and Kiwit, all working on that project. And it's just getting started. Under that, there are several other projects. That LA 415 project is going to be an inner city connector uh, in the Baton Rouge area. 
It, too, is going to be a CMAR project. We have not procured that as of yet. And then Jimmy Davis uh, Bridge Project, it's another design-build project uh, in North Louisiana that is actually in procurement now, and there's still time, perhaps, to join those teams. The top four projects, if you pay attention, you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, almost $2.3 billion, all are innovative procurement projects. So as a minority firm, as a DBE or an SBE, getting a part or becoming a part of those teams is absolutely essential. And if you go through the next two slides, you'll see other projects and the regions where they exist. Now, everyone knows our large city is New Orleans and Baton Rouge and Shreveport, but I will tell you, there's tremendous opportunity in the rural parts of our state. If there's a parish that you don't see often that you don't recognize, it might be the ideal place to go. It's also the place where we struggle to get DBEs. So nugget number four, place yourself in the market, in the region where you could have the greatest beneficial use. That is where every contractor is going to be looking for DBEs. You perhaps want to be that first DBE, that only DBE, one of a few DBEs in that market to be attracted to that space. And this list gives you an 18-month view between now and those 18 months to get working and get on a job. And then our next slide. The next couple of slides are going to be big high-level initiatives that I'm going to talk about. Uh, because if you're in the bridge market, we are getting about a billion dollars in the IIJA, Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, to fund bridges. We're doing off-system bridges, very small, locally-owned bridges that may not come with the same criteria that we have. Over $270 million over the next five years are going on these smaller bridges. It may be converting them to box culverts. It may be one or two span bridges that are going to be replaced. It may be a complete rehab of a bridge. These are opportunities. It will cover 100% of the cost, utility relocation right away where possible, trying to avoid. But it's an opportunity, again, to look at the region, to see how many bridges are there. None of these projects have been let yet. We have let the engineering services uh, for these and the CE&I for these, but we haven't let the construction component of those bridge systems yet. So that's the off-system bridge program. Absolutely a great place to get started, and I would encourage you to look at those as well. And then the next two slides, the next slide I think is going to talk a little bit about um, the resilience funding and building back better. We're going to be seeing about $7.3 billion nationwide. That's $134 million over the five years, and it's going to allow us to focus on a number of projects, pump station rehabilitation, elevation of roads, looking at other materials uh, in terms of what we do. So if you're on that innovative side, looking at cleaner, greener opportunities for infrastructure, and you've got experience, here's where you can be successful. So this resilience program, it's still very early. We're going to have traditional work, but we're also going to look at some innovative opportunities as well. So roads, bridges, uh, scour mitigation, all of these things are ways to engage in transportation outside of just the preservation and bridge work and road work that you've seen here in Louisiana. And then my last slide before we get into a Q&A session has to do with electric vehicles uh, and the NEVI program. The NEVI program is going to provide Louisiana with $73 million over five years. It's going to cover the purchasing and installation of EV charging equipment. So if you're an electrician, if you've got folks who are in that space, Here's an opportunity for you to be involved in the deployment of EV infrastructure in Louisiana. Um, we are on a pretty aggressive timeline that we have NOFOs out. It's not a requirement to have done uh, a letter of interest, 
but we're soliciting applications now and expect to make awards very early. This is an opportunity to get into the state and engage with those primes. And I know there's some discussion on how we can modify that or mitigate that. Remember, this is the first iteration. It was important to USDOT to get these things on the street and out the door quickly while we then make some refined uh, changes to our program. And we're open to hearing ideas on how we can do a much better job at deploying this. But what I like about this NAVI program is it's going to ensure that we have Justice 40, not just in terms of the placement, but in terms of the structure of the program where we're looking for ownership, we're looking for maintenance agreements, and we're looking for uh, delivery of the service in terms of installation to address Justice 40. We're going to see to it that it's not uh, all consumed by the big, large companies, uh, but we are going to work to make a difference. And so that's my last slide. Uh, I am now available and open for questions, and I'm just looking at my screen uh, with my image. I'm sitting in front of a beautiful picture window with a nice tree, so I apologize for the in and out shade of the sunshine, trying to get natural light in a room that doesn't have a whole lot of it. So um, thank you for listening and sharing a little bit about DOTD and Louisiana, and I'm happy to engage with questions uh, with you and some of your members. Back to you, Donna. I believe the first question was, well, the second question was, where are we going to get the slides? And it appears that that is um, not going to be a problem to get the PowerPoint presentation. The first question was from Shanice Bennett, and this is for Dr. Wilson. Under the infrastructure bill, USDOT, is it offering technical assistance directly? How does that impact the state's DOT's resources, and what can we do to support the state's DEBE programs? Great question. And so, um, you know, technical capacity uh, building is a big part of what you see in uh, IIJA. There are several opportunities that are going to be coming out to the public uh, relatively soon from USDOT where they're developing planning grants. Uh, they're looking at some other centers of excellence that can be used to help train. And that will complement states. I'll be the first to tell you, not every state is uh, going to lean forward and engage with locals the same way. Louisiana is one of those states where we have uh, providers of service for DBE. One is with the National Urban League. The other is with um, an engineering company in Louisiana. Uh, and so the idea that we have the capacity to help you develop as a DBE is one thing, but building capacity is important not only for applicants, but for industries and entities that are out there. And so um, I don't have all of the details, but stay tuned. I know uh, from conversations with USDOT, capacity building is a very important part of what this is, and it's not going to conflict. And it will be, as I understand it, a direct benefit to the companies themselves and not necessarily just technical assistance for the State Department of Transportation. Excellent. Thank you. Do we have any other questions? If so, please place them in the chat. Uh, I see a okay, question. How can you do Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, go on. <laughs> uh, okay. Go on. I, I see was, a question uh, from, um, from Deborah. How can you build financing into the projects for the subcontractors who are DBE and many times cannot receive mobilization and assist with operational costs? and support construction activities as the project progresses. You know, that's gonna be a challenge because many states, I can only connect and communicate with the primes. Um, I think there's opportunities through the financial market, 
and other equity partners to start to build a relationship to help uh, build capacity from a financial standpoint for subs and primes uh, as you develop those projects. I don't know of any specific program or way that the state could contract out uh, work and then help build that financial strength uh, for that prime or that SBE or DBE in that process. I do know that there are opportunities uh, to increase or decrease, I should say, the match responsibilities uh, on projects, and that may help particularly with local projects that are small. And if you remember my presentation where I talked about transportation alternatives and or safety projects, focusing on some of those projects, if you are in a financial situation to not necessarily have the highest bond capacity or uh, have as much uh, cash to be able to sustain your operation, focus on those Letter bid projects or some of those transportation alternative projects may be the first and most efficient way uh, to get your foot in the door and start to build some wealth. Um, I think it's also important to say not to take off or bite, more, bite off more than you can chew. I've seen several companies uh, get started. We've got uh, one or two primes in Louisiana that are minority-owned contractors. They did a phenomenal job at getting work and then ran into some challenges like every business is going to run into and they didn't have perhaps the staying power or bandwidth to be able to withstand those tough wins. And so just be very strategic in your growth. And I think those are things that our SJB group, who is our second DBE provider, uh, along with Urban League, can help you uh, build some capacity in that in that in that strength. Okay, we have just a few more questions. The next one is from Candy Lee Henry. How should a business that is not in Louisiana navigate or connect? What steps would you Great appropriate? Question. What, what, um, step, what steps would one, be appropriate? I'm sorry. Yeah, what steps would be appropriate? Well, number one is look at that list um, that you see that you will get on the presentation of all of the companies that are working and have, have an outreach to them and communicate with them. The second thing I will tell you, and I'm very proud of my relationship with our Association of General Contractors, at our meeting on uh, Tuesday night, uh, the executive director, Ken Nakant of AGC, says if you're a certified DBE, he was going to offer a two-year free membership in the AGC of Louisiana. Why is that important? Is because that is the network to be able to meet other contractors and primes and it's free of charge. And not only is it that, it opens up other resources, bonding resources, uh, business operations resources for payroll or retirement, all kinds of co-op type opportunities, I think that are ideal for a small business. Attending their meetings, attending their conferences and building a network, much like what you do here virtually, um, I think is the way to go about it. The other piece is to connect with uh, myself or other folks at the department just to come and meet other businesses here to say, who can we talk to that's doing this? Who can you potentially partner with if you have a similar service in Louisiana? We're happy to point you in that direction and build that network. Working through the Urban League, which handles the New Orleans uh, and the North Shore portion, and then the SJB group, which handles the rest of the state, they have kind of the networking opportunities to introduce folks into Louisiana. If you're certified, reaching out to Paula Roddy in my office. She manages all of our compliance issues, 225-379-1200. Uh, Ask for Paula Roddy. She can help walk you through the process 
to first become certified. It won't take you that long if you're already certified in another state. It's not quite quick reciprocity, but she is very keen on this. She is leading the EIP efforts for me and knows the importance of engaging. And she's also a part of the Ashto circuit uh, for civil rights. And so those type networks are the best ways to get engaged in Louisiana. And once you're a certified business, our bid list is public. It's electronic. It'll come to your inbox wherever you are, and it'll allow you an opportunity to bid. So those are some of the easy steps to be able to do that. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.